If the enemy, the serpent, was so cunning and deceptive that he was able to deceive a woman who had no idea what sin was, perfect place, perfect weather, everything she needed was provided for in a perfect environment, no death, no no gossiping, no, was, was no Eve character of any of those things. And she was deceived to believe that God was holding out her. How much easier can it be for us to fall into the trap of what the deceiver does when we believe God is holding out on us? Good afternoon, Alex. How was your Memorial Day weekend? You know, it was really good. Uh, I spent the day... Um, it was pretty chill until we went outside and realized it was way too humid. And so we had an impromptu water fight. That's interesting. How, how old are you? I'm 23. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took it very seriously when uh, Jesus said the children will inherit the kingdom of God. And so I, I, I take that chance anytime I can get it. That's good. Well, nothing like a good water fight, I yeah. guess. I guess next next week we're going to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the worst pizza in the history of our planet. Oh, man, it is. Man, I'm surprised I didn't catch anything when I was younger devouring that. It, it may have lost its award to uh, Little Caesars, however. Oh, you know what's weird? We got, so for you guys who don't know, uh, the youth pastor at Farmington, Italian guy, big food connoisseur especially when it comes to pizza this dude is picky uh, about everything but ironically the the pizza joint he loves the most here um out of just like the fast food versions is little caesar's he's like, lost all credibility <laughs> lost all, i'm like how can you be picky about all these different pizza joints and then your go-to is little what, caesar what what i would say is if you're in the twin city area there is a place at 38th or 39th and nicollet called bluto's pizza i think the best pizza in the city it's got a, a kind of a argentina thing to it it's a diamond shaped pizza it is incredible the sauce is amazing a uh, little shout out to Bluto's and they're not even sponsoring this no. podcast at all. But, but after that, that is my choice of pizza, man. I could go for that right now. I actually need to eat. That sounds amazing. I had this like uh, cookie cake and mixed with coffee and I didn't really eat my lunch because the salad was gross because it seemed a little bit old. And so I'm feeling uh, a, a certain type of way right now. We so are, are, are we both fasting right now? Is that why we're talking about food? Yeah. There is <laughs> there is also, uh, you may not know this, but there is a guy in our Ridgefield campus that owns a pizza company in Fairbowl. Oh, Did you know this, that. man? Mm -hmm. Frozen pizzas. He sells them at Lund's, Byerly's, and at Kowalski's. It's Randy's. He, he gave me some pizzas. Try, man, best frozen pizza I've had. It's really amazing. So if you're out looking for a frozen pizza, uh, you want to look for Randy's Pizza or the Kowalski Pizza at uh, at one of those places, and you'll love it, and you'll be supporting someone from Bethel's Rock. So, encourage you to do that. Yeah, it sounded so good. I yeah, we can't we can't be talking about this right now. Yeah, I'm gonna ask Jesus to turn some rocks into bread right now. If I said, hey, what happened in the Garden of Eden with the devil and Adam and Eve? I think it's important to point out that the serpent never lies in Genesis chapter 3. Say whatever else you want about the serpent, but the serpent is not a liar. 
Serpent only does two things in Genesis chapter 3. Asks a question. Questions can't be lies. And then makes a statement. A statement can be a lie, but let's look at what the serpent says. Serpent says three things. Number one, that when Adam and Eve eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they will not die. Number two, that their eyes will be open. And number three, they'll become like God, knowing good and evil. Well, we see immediately afterwards in verse 6 that they don't die. And we see in verse 7 that their eyes are open. And we see in verse 22 that they do become like God, knowing good and evil. So you can make the serpent out to be the villain of the story if you want to. Long tradition of doing that, but not because the serpent lies. Serpent doesn't lie. God, on the other hand, bit of a different question. So let's get into what we're talking about today. Yeah, so uh, you saw a video uh, at the beginning of this, or you listened to it, and there is this this nice man uh, that was explaining how the serpent was, in fact, the one that was telling the truth, and God was the liar. Uh, now, there's a lot of hot takes, and and people sounding really smart on these videos, but uh, you have the same ability to open scripture like they do. And so today, uh, first, we want to kind of break apart this, his theology in this and, you know, and simply open up scripture and see what it has to say. And, you know, how did this get interpret, interpreted so poorly? But what was your thoughts watching that? Like the things that well, stuck out to you Well, the first the thought that came to me was God's a merciful God. Hmm. I mean, uh, this man makes some pretty blatant attacks about the creator of the universe and uh, with no reverence to who he is. And I mean, if you're the creator of the universe, uh, you really just have to lift your little finger and you could send some thunder and in. Exactly. But God is really a merciful God and he's a loving God. And he's even as absurd as that sounds, there's really um, no evidence behind what he's talking about. You know, mm -hmm. Jesus himself who claimed to be God. Um, and that's the reality. Either you believe this or you don't. I, I always think it's funny that, that people will try to use the Bible that they don't believe in, nor have any understanding of, to try to support an argument that uh, is really not in the context of what they're reading. You know, and Jesus said that Satan was the father of lies, which mm -hmm. re basically refers <clears throat> that Satan is the one who created lying. There is no lying God. And in fact, even if you could say that God, um, there, was a, there was a comment on that podcast is God hates lying. I thought it was funny. First of all, God is love. Mm -hmm. And secondly, God, um, if God were to say a lie, what we would think of a lie, immediately that which was a lie would become truth. Because yeah. no lie can come out of God's mouth. Mm -hmm. and, and then if we get to the context of the second gentleman, it's interesting in Genesis, he makes three points. It's true. He did ask a question. The question was to open up the mind of Eve to consider what he was going to do next. It's a basic, uh, you know, what the serpent did was use a basic form of of working to deceive Eve from what she really believed. He gets her to state a truth and then gets her to question the truth that he gets her mm. to state. So mm. in basic debate, you want, what do you believe? Now let me dismantle what you believe. Uh, it's true. Um, 
they, he says, you will be like God. Well, they already were like God. So it's kind of a half lie, first of all, because it wasn't going to make them like God. They were already created in his image. Two, it says that they are going to die. And this is the problem with people that don't fully comprehend the truest form of death. It's not that we cease to exist. Yeah. Uh, we, cause that's what we use in our scene world that death is we're at a funeral and the person in the, in the box is dead. Mm-hmm. So that's death. When death entered the world, the spirit man, the yep. part of us that connects to God is what died in that moment. Mm-hmm. And he, when he says, you will not surely die, they most certainly did die. That, that, that the truest form of who they are, the spirit part of them, died in that moment in the garden. And then, Mr. Uh, whatever your name is, explain to me why people go to funerals if nobody dies. There was no death in the world. Yeah. Not only did they die in the spirit, but they most certainly did die. Yeah. Uh, it may have been hundreds of years after that, but they did die. We die today, and and that is specifically due to the decision Eve made in the garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting how things. This is the thing. I remember when um, our math teacher used to give us like an answer key. I think it was for, I can't remember exactly what it was. I didn't pay attention much in school. Uh, There was like an answer key uh, for math and she would let us like look over it, talking about the quiz and, you know, uh, or if we had like, it was, it was homework is what it was. And we go around and we kind of like check our, our work and everything and make sure we have things right. And then when we got to the quiz, uh, we would be able to kind of correct some of those mistakes. But the answer key, we weren't like trying to measure up like, hey, no, I'm pretty sure the way that I did this was right. You might want to check some of your answers like for the answer key, the the one that came from the book. It's like, no, there's one answer and this is the answer. And and it's so funny when people say, well, God, God is the liar in this. I really think that he's the one that's manipulating or deceiving. How can the creator uh, be the liar, like what you're saying. He is truth and everything that's created from him. How can they, just like what it talks about in Romans 8, how can the the clay say to the potter, why did you make me like this? How can the, it, he's so outside of our reality and our own knowledge? It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense that theology, if you truly do first, I guess you'd have to ask, do you believe God is the creator? Because that logic, to me, even even people saying that God is evil, that claim, you can't say God is evil. How are you going to look at the person that created you and say, again, why did you make... It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it, and that's the reality is it doesn't... You have to look at motive. You know, what, would is, what was the motive of God to lie and deceive? Why would yeah. God... <laughs> Um, put one tree in the garden mm-hmm. and say, just don't eat of that. What was his motive mm-hmm. of doing that? One, the motive of saying, don't eat of that tree is because it was a step of faith. The, here's the reality. We are all redeemed by faith. Yeah. Adam and Eve were redeemed by faith. And you say, well, they didn't need faith. There was not sin in the world, but it was their faith that prevented death from entering the world. So, so Adam and Eve in the garden were saved by faith. What was their faith? Faith that God wasn't holding out on them, that God was giving them 
all that he had, and he wasn't holding back blessing from them. He wasn't holding back good good things from them. And, and in reality, we discovered today that the thing he was holding back from them was death. Mm-hmm. And and again, it just proved when evil entered the world when they ate of the tree. It was perfect. The world was perfect before they ate of the tree. So to this gentleman that said that the serpent wasn't a liar, but just stop and look at the motive. The world was without sin or evil, death. There was no death. There was no evil. There was nothing until they ate of the fruit. What was the catalyst to get Adam and Eve to eat of the fruit? The motive of the serpent was to get them to eat of the fruit mm-hmm. so that what could happen. Exactly. So if you look at the character mm-hmm. of where the serpent, what the serpent was trying to do, he was trying to gain access to the world by man giving them him access to the world to bring death and evil mm-hmm. in the world. That's good. It's, you have to discern. Yeah. Uh, when people talk, they, it, it's very much like the serpent. In fact, mm-hmm. that, that man is v- really operating nice. very much in the, in the character of the serpent. God said, the only thing I'm going to hold back from you is death and destruction and, being, and, and someone stealing from you. You know, Satan came to st- kill, steal, and destroy. God said, I'm holding that back. That's all in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to be the source to that in your life, it will cause all of this to enter the world, our knowledge of good and our knowledge of evil, our knowledge of good to over, overcome or over, uh, cover up our knowledge of evil. If we're the source to our redemption, it's as bad, when we see we're the source, it's as bad as the knowledge of evil. God says, don't eat of that tree mm-hmm. because you will surely die. And yeah. man did die. The motive of God was to protect man from what we're seeing in society today. Everything we're seeing from the school shooting, the mass shootings, everything that's happening today all goes back to that moment when when the serpent came to Eve and convinced her mm-hmm. that God was holding out on her and yeah. she would be better off if she ate of the tree of knowledge. And look what happened when she listened to the serpent. You made a really good point that I think people need to hold on to. Uh, what was the motive of the serpent? That's that's I think that's a really interesting take on it. Like it's obvious, but when you get crafty people like this, what was the motive of the serpent? It was all perfect. They had everything. They walked with God. They were created in God's image. Uh, they were here on earth to rule and reign and take and subdue the earth and manage. Basically, God's they were they were general managers of God's earth. And then the serpent comes. People will say that what the serpent did was he was noble because he was a rebel and he was giving freedom of thought to Adam and Eve. Okay. Freedom of thought did what? You know, the consequence of that, what what was the consequence of that? Like you said, it was death. It was spiritual death. And you look at everything that, you know, people are complaining about now. Why does, why does bad things happen to good people? Why is there evil in the world? Well, well so you said freedom of thought, which I thought is interesting because that's the prevailing statement that people think, you know, and they say, well, the serpent gave you uh, freedom of thought. Well, that really depends on what you view as freedom. 
Because if you're someone addicted to drugs, mm -hmm. your freedom of thought didn't make you free. You're slave to something. Mm -hmm. You're slave to that drug. You're slave mm -hmm. to alcoholism. You're slave to abuse. You're slave to depression. You're slave to brokenness. You're you're slave to something. It it see the the this idea that we somehow have freedom to do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And it has no control over me, and I can I can come freely do whatever is is a fallacy. Mm -hmm. People do not have the freedom they think they do. They are enslaved either to substances like drugs uh, or alcohol. There are people who are enslaved in relationships. There are people who are enslaved for the love of money, mm -hmm. they, it enslaves them. So they make decisions based on what money is telling them. They're enslaved to the, to the bondage of mammon. Mm -hmm. The Bible calls it the spirit of mammon that rests on money, the love of money and the spirit of that. There is no freedom of thought. Mm -hmm. Your thought is literally in bondage to death. Yeah. And, and so you have to determine whose will you be? Mm -hmm. Who is your, who are you a bond servant to? If you're hmm. going to be serving something, who, who or what is it you want to serve? Yeah. And I would say I'd want to serve the one who cares about me, exactly. whose who's so motive good. is for me, yeah. who holds nothing back from me. In fact, yeah. the only thing God holds back from us mm -hmm. is what we can't handle. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of good things we don't have the character to handle. Yeah. And God wants us to grow in that integrity and character so he can allow us to experience those things in our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we literally were punked out of our position of royalty here on this earth, having the keys to this world. And, you know, that's where Satan established his dominion over this world and where sin and death now reign. But Jesus took back the keys even from then. So it's like, you know, if God was really so hateful and God hated you so much, why, why would he send his one and only son, Jesus, if you believe in that? his one and only son, Jesus, to come back uh, and, and reestablish uh, the authority of man back on earth over sin and death and gives you the choice to either submit now or choose to be an eternal separation from him. Like he doesn't even force it upon you. So when people make that, I think it's the dumbest, like, you know, thought process because it's, it's, you're getting punked from, from royalty. Like what God had intended for you was good and it was a life bringing. And now you're, you're letting the school bully take your lunch money. Um, but I want to read through this and let, stop me as you go, uh, as I, as I'm, as I'm reading through it, because I want you guys at home, you have the thing I want you guys to practice is open up your Bible. Don't stop listening to videos and people's takes. Stop listening just to our take. And I, you guys need to become scholars, like just in the scripture. You don't have to just open up your Bible, blow the dust off and just start reading. And so you can kind of discern what this guy is saying. Uh, now you're in Genesis 3. Uh, and you can start reading with me. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Just like what pastor James was saying. It's a debate tactic. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. 
But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. There it is right yeah, there. I, the, the reality is, yeah, their eyes were open. That's truth. He mixes a little truth in with the deception. That's the best lie. It's also why you have to have the, the gift of discernment and mm-hmm. discerning spirits. Because mm-hmm. the, even when, G, when Satan tempted Jesus the three times, he mixed truth mm-hmm. with the spirit of deception yep. to try to d- deceive Jesus into, isn't it true or doesn't the scripture say? And then Jesus would clarify what Satan is with total truth mm-hmm. and and expose the lie. But the interesting thing, Jesus never said, that's a lie, Satan. Yeah. He just followed up the deception of Satan with truth. Mm-hmm. There has never been. So when he said, God, with God lying, well, that's another story. It's impossible for God to lie. Mm-hmm. God won't even tell you the lie you believed yep. when you believe the lie. God yep. only will tell you a more powerful truth that replaces the lie you believe. So mm-hmm. he will never call... Like when when God was... Uh, when the angel of the Lord came to Gideon when he was threshing wheat in a wine press mm-hmm. because he was a coward because mm-hmm. he was afraid that they would come and kill him if they saw him and take what he had. So he went in a wine press to thresh wheat. You would have threshed wheat on a hill. He didn't want to be seen, so he goes into to a place where they didn't want wind, and you need wind to thresh and a, and a wine press to do that. It's a pretty difficult thing. The angel Lord has got to be watching him and, and is watching him, probably chuckling that, uh, to see how he's trying to thresh wheat with no wind. And he says to Gideon, and he says, mighty warrior. Well, Gideon was uh, exercising the exact opposite of that. <clears throat> See, God didn't say, Gideon, you're acting like a scaredy cat. Mm-hmm. He, he called the truth. He just spoke the truth and the more powerful truth of what he replaced the lie that Gideon believed. He didn't have to tell him you're being a coward. He just said, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. This is the truth. Mm-hmm. It's funny because he affirms what they believe. And then because he affirms what they believe, that's that's actually uh, what you're supposed to do when you're like, you know, this is weird. But like with Christian, like apologetics and stuff, if you reach people, you have to affirm like in respect what I was just watching this podcast, uh, like affirm and respect what they believe. And then you kind of have an in for people to start breaking down walls as a human. We want to be respected and what we believe. And then walls start to come down when you respect them. Uh, and then the lies are like, like for that, in this case, the lies are, are, are more manageable to like, kind of put in there, like he's saying truth, but it's your eyes were open, but was that a benefit? Mm. He said the eyes were open. Like it's almost like a reward, but it was, it was the consequence. Like that was actually a bad thing because when their eyes were open, they experienced shame. And you see that right here in verse six. Uh, so when the woman saw that the tree uh, was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. And, and, he and I ate. think, and I think when you read that part and, and this, it's easy to believe the lie because it looks so appealing. Mm-hmm. You want to hope it's true. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's, it's interesting because there's a lot of scams out there. And mm-hmm. I received a letter in the mail and uh, the letter said that I had a relative that had a lot of money and they had passed away and no heirs and that I was going to be receiving a great 
large inheritance and, and that I should be contacting this number. Well, I had just seen on the news that th these kind of letters were going. They had supposed it on. The, but, uh, the, uh, you know, the letter looked official. It looked real. Yeah. It looked, uh, and, and it wasn't hard for me to want to believe it was a real letter hmm. because in my mind I'm thinking, oh, anybody wants to get an inheritance. I yeah. mean, when you get a letter in the mail, you're hoping it's true. Yeah. It, you, we are, when, when something, when we're told something is good, it's a lot easier to want to believe it's true than mm -hmm. if it's if it's not good. And so Satan really kind of uh, comes and he he says, "Well, notice Eve, how great this is." And and they have the whole garden, yeah, to look at. But mm -hmm. she takes her eyes off all the things God had given her and put her on the one thing she wasn't supposed to touch, and it looked so appealing, and she wanted to believe, oh, yes, you know, this could be the one thing that... Mm -hmm. and, then, and and Satan went right at the character of God. So what do you think this guy was doing when he said Satan isn't a liar, but God on the other store? This man in, in the character of the serpent is pulling the same thing, calling into question God's character in our mind to say, you know, maybe God is holding out on you and maybe you should go to, because the devil, he's just, the serpent was just a friendly, friendly animal petting up and he was there and he was just trying to help you. It's, it's just, and we have all kinds of voices on social media that want to say, well, that's okay. It's, it's okay that you've done that. It's okay that you made those decisions. You know, God's a ruthless and holding out on you anyway, mm -hmm. you know, type of, attitude and and if we're wanting something that we don't have the character to sustain when we get the opportunity we look at it and we say wow look at that boy i would really like that it is easy to fall into deception mm -hmm. there is uh there's two things one time in job that i can think of at the top of my head because this is something that like i was putting on my heart and then there was uh in the parable uh of the talents um when Job, the, the, the thing that it kept like hitting over the head and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I remember like reading and it, it stuck out to me, uh, the sin that Job would have commit, uh, that, you know, the enemy was pressuring him into by taking everything good that he had, but he, it said that he still did not basically commit the sin of accusing God of wrong, mm -hmm. regardless of everything that was going on. He never once claimed God that, that this is your fault. You're wrong. Never, never once did that. And it said that this was, this would have been the sin that Job would have committed, but he didn't do that. And they, they put this above like, you know, everything else, all the other sins that, that the sin was to accuse God of wrong or come against his character. The second time is in the parable of the talents. You see the parable of the talents where I can't remember the amount of each right now at the top of my head. But I remember the one that was given the least uh, did nothing with it. In fact, like when the master gave each of the three uh, their talents, uh, you know, they went out and they multiplied it and they did, they, they invested. And then the one that had the least buried it in the ground. And then when the master came to collect uh, what he had given them, 
the guy responds thinking that he was in the right was like, yeah, you know, I knew you to be a really harsh and basically ruthless master. And so I, I hid your talent in the ground and did nothing with it. And he was the one that was considered to be wicked, that it was a judgment of his character. And I think, you know, it all comes down to God's character. If they would have trusted God's character in this and what he, they had said, they would have realized that he was the reward and that they would have been able to spot the lie. But that's what comes with, I think, why coveting is on the Ten Commandments is because we put our faith and our hope in the next thing, but not in God, the giver of good gifts. And, and that's where sin starts to creep in. Like it's very, when you look, I love reading this because it really shows you uh, kind of the elementary sin and where the root of it is. And it's really all simple when you look it, at it. It all comes back to this one thing, everything we face in life, mm-hmm. faith, everything. Like I said, Adam and Eve were saved by faith. When they lost faith, sin entered the world. Yep. And then in the Old Testament, they were saved by faith by putting their faith in God. It, but what is your faith in? Mm-hmm. That, and, and this is the one statement it's so simple. And I think we overcomplicate it, but it's so simple. In every aspect of life where we struggle, the question is, do you believe that God is holding out on you? Yeah. We all believe mm-hmm. that God can give us anything we need, everything we need. And the Bible mm-hmm. says he gives us everything we need, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So there is an there's an essence in us or something in us that believes God is holding out on me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in essence, because we believe that, then we pursue God with all kinds of things to get God to open his hand and release to us all of the good things that I should have that he's keeping from me. Yeah. And then I somehow need to manipulate God or find a way to manipulate God to be good God. Mm-hmm. Because God isn't just going to do it. I have to do something to get God to be a good God in my life. Mm-hmm. And we're motivated by that. And so when, when we think that way, then Satan can use that thinking to get us to feel condemned. The reason God isn't releasing it to you and he's releasing it to them is because they happen to find the correct formula or they've behaved better than you. And therefore, they've been re- rewarded for their behavior. They've been rewarded rewarded for um, their formula. Mm -hmm. And and if you just knew the formula, rather than in James chapter one, when it says that you're a fool to think you'll receive anything from God, if you doubt God, Hmm. who God is, if you begin to doubt that the first key that unlocks the door. And Job Job knew this. He did mm-hmm. not accuse God of anything because yeah. everything he had, he knew came exactly. from God. God had, right. had yep. given him everything. Mm-hmm. And if God had taken it away, God would bring it back because that's mm-hmm. the character of God. Didn't Abraham say that with Isaac? Mm-hmm. I know God gave me this promise. Yeah, and for some reason, he wants yeah. to take Isaac. He's going to do a miracle. In fact, I think many scholars believe that Abraham knew that God was going to provide for another way for Isaac because God is not a liar. God told him Isaac was the child of promise. He already established that Isaac was earlier when he said Ishmael is not the son of promise. Isaac is the son of promise Mm -hmm. that the, that the blessing would come through that Abraham knew, well, even if I kill him, I'm going to give and Abraham's, it really was to check his heart to say, will you give me everything Abraham? Because I'm about Mm -hmm. to put 
in you the seed of life for mankind. Yeah. And and Abraham said, Lord, you are you are everything to me. There isn't yeah. anything that stands in the way of of my relationship of obedience to you. That is, yeah, I, I think it re- it really does stem from that because you see them. The pitfall comes when they think that God is holding out on them, and when they think that there's a mistrust in character, and then because of that doubt lies are able to creep in because you don't, if you don't believe in the truth, the truth, what else is there? Right. And, um, and Eve, the only way you get this or the, see what we, the mistake we make mm-hmm. in interpreting, uh, the first three chapters of the Bible is we try to interpret it through the lens of a sinful nature. Yeah, that is true. They were approaching this, not even understanding what sin was. You know, mm-hmm. and Paul addresses this. He said, if he is, Paul says, if the enemy, the serpent, was so cunning and deceptive that he was able to deceive a woman who had no idea what sin was, perfect place, perfect mm-hmm. weather, everything she needed was provided for in a perfect en- environment, no death, no no gossiping, no, was, was no Eve character of any of those things. And she was deceived to believe that God was holding out her. How much easier can it be for us to fall into the trap of what the deceiver does when we believe God is holding out on us? I feel like with the people that are listening, I know especially this is a common belief, and this is where the freedom of thought comes with Satanists and you know, you know, atheists that don't believe this, but they come at the story. Uh, Satanists, though, I know a lot believe that um, Satan was the one that freed their thought because we were, and this is like verbatim. I, I, I was listening to a debate with Satanists and they were saying that basically we were naked and basically a bunch of idiots just running around the garden and had no idea what we were doing. Just very naive. And, uh, Satan brought wisdom to us. Would you say, Oh, well, that, would you say they're stupid? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, they must have been really stupid because we're we're much smarter society now. Um, we're we're much more intelligent, and I, I think it plays out in the character of our society with nineteen um, children, little kids in kindergarten getting blown away, mm-hmm. and their parents suffering because we're so much wiser right now. We've seen more mass shootings than ever before. We're so much wiser right now. The killing fest, the blood that has been shed of human oh. life, the destruction. But we're so much wiser right. Right now, I think the lack of intelligence really falls back on people recognizing that we have been more anti-God and we have run more from biblical truth and the history of America than we've ever in the past. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're left with this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really get weary with people who think we're better off further away from the uh, Judeo-Christian values that we hold in the Bible that we somehow think society is better off that we've rejected this. Mm-hmm. And our, w- while in our schools, we're teaching our children confusion mm-hmm. about who they are, and we're telling them that there is no God and no purpose, and and that there that because there's no God, there's no purpose. That we yeah. we all kind of evolved from monkeys, and you know, in one breath, Satanists would say Satan freed our thinking and in another breath say that God doesn't exist. 
I mean, in their own confusion, do you believe he existed or not? But don't mm-hmm. try to come up with a theology or a philosophy on something that you don't even believe. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they, they come in and they say, well, yeah, we believe Satan freed your mind. So you believe in the creation process. Hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And, and then to say, well, no, not necessarily. So then you don't have an opinion on what happened. Yeah. Uh, because destruct death. Jesus came to give life and life abundant. So mm-hmm. on the cross, what Jesus was providing back to us mm-hmm. was the life that was lost in the garden. Yeah, so good. Uh, it, it, that's but that's uh, I always like to come in because I know I can I can just feel I can just see like the questions that spark in people's brains. Uh, like, well, because that's the idea that we were we're just not as smart. Uh, we're, we're way smarter and more civilized and advanced now because we look at, so you'd be like, so the thought also will come and we'll continue reading. The thought will also come when, when you say that we're getting further away from Judeo Christian values, the progressive will say, well, that, that actually is better because, um, back then you got, you know, white supremacist you have, I just saw someone say, well, it was the Christians that were, uh, it wasn't Satan, but it was actually the Christian church that allowed for racism and slavery and all these different things that had happened. That is and, that is just a complete flawed form of history. Yeah. But that's I, what I mean, people think. But, but because there's a flawed sense. Of, where did you get that from? Mm-hmm. See, people can get on and bloviate mm-hmm. about all kinds of facts that they create and they don't have to sub- substantiate their facts. Yep. That is not at all the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilberforce... Um, who was one of the leading proponents against slavery when it was Mm -hmm. happening, he's a believer. He was a preacher that said Mm -hmm. this treating people this way is wrong Mm -hmm. and worked against that. There are historical figures, believers that Mm -hmm. worked against it. This was who do you think rose up and stood against slavery? If you're saying it was Christians that were uh, supporting slavery, no, it was was a culture. It was a culture of people. Were there Christians that were holding? Yeah, there were. I'm not doubting. They were part of a culture, but to to isolate Christianity and say Christianity was support. There's a lot of things that Christians, there are people who are Christians right now that will Mm -hmm. get online and say the most godless, unbiblical things and say, I'm a Christian. (laughs) I'm a Christian. You can call yourself a Christian, but are you truly following Christ? Yeah. Are you following the example of Christ? Because if you don't know his voice, you can't follow him. So don't create facts Mm -hmm. or or, or don't get on and just say, well, I need to create facts to to support my argument, so I'm going to make them up. Mm -hmm. You have to substantiate that and have evidence that that's true. And you aren't going to find it because it's not there yeah. it does not exist uh, in verse 7 it says then like we were talking about then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked so the benefit of their eyes being open they knew they were naked and then what was the outcome they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves so, loincloths so, so stop right there their eyes were open so the the man said well see did the serpent lie his eyes were open no he didn't lie no but the truth that God said, God said your eyes would be open and you'll know what death is. It yeah. wasn't like Satan was, he didn't, he wasn't lying there. No. Their eyes were open, but was it good? Mm-hmm. It comes back to the motive 
the enemy did lie when he said, nothing's going to happen to you but good. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the attitude of him saying it was God's trying to get you to keep you from something. Mm -hmm. That's the lie. Mm -hmm. When God was trying to protect them from, from something. something. Yeah, that's what I'm pointing out. The, the eyes were open. That was posed as the benefit, that that was posed as the reward. But when you see the eyes were open, they knew uh, that they were naked. And so then the outcome of them having their eyes open, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the, uh, in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you you are naked? Have you eaten from that tree? I've commanded you not to eat. The man said, the woman who you gave <laughs> to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, uh, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me. And I ate and the Lord said to the serpent, because yada, yada, he's going down and he's giving out curses, but then he gives a promise of the son of man coming, uh, from, from, uh, Eve and stomping on the serpent's which, head. Which goes right to the heart of does God hate sinners? Yep. Um, well, it's impossible for God to hate sinners mm -hmm. because God is love. Mm -hmm. It's impossible for God to hate sinners. God loves human beings. He loves every single person. They say, well, sin keeps uh, God from you, that if you're in sin, he keeps God from you. Maybe you're listening and you're so deep in sin, you say, there's no way God would come to me because God came to Adam and Eve. They, didn't, they hid from God. What sin does is it keeps us from coming to God. Sin puts us into a position or an attitude or a place of condemnation which is what the serpent wanted. And the serpent's so great at painting a picture to get us to do something and then attacking us after we do it. Um, and, and saying that, and literally telling you that God doesn't want you, that God couldn't redeem you, that God can't save you, that God, God had a plan to bring Adam and Eve and their seed back through mm -hmm. the son, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so when people say, that Jesus is not the only way to God, you have to understand right here, God had a plan immediately yep. after man mm -hmm. disobeyed. Mm -hmm. Immediately. Mm -hmm. he had a, That's incredible mercy. <laughs> I mean, he knew the destruction that was going to enter the world. God knew all the destruction that was going to enter the world the mm -hmm. moment they ate it. God's heart had to break and the suffering that people... We're going to have to go through the death that was going to occur because God is love. Mm -hmm. And God put the punishment that we deserved upon himself. Why? Think about this. His creation, he, out of his creative free th thinking love that he created everything out of, he took it upon himself to stoop so low, to, to have the humans that he created inflict pain upon him and curse him and how crazy is that thinking for you to think that God doesn't love you? But the thing that I, that I notice and what, you know, I, you see what's, what sin does. God doesn't hate sinners, but he hates sin for this purpose. 
uh, because when their eyes were opened, what happened? In verse 8, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. Who told them they were naked? Who told them? God, like you, you notice that when they heard God coming, they hid themselves. Not that God was going to destroy them or sin pervert, like perverted their, their eyes towards God, the, their only life. Now their, their eyes were opened, uh, but the consequence was a separation from God and sin does that. God does not hate you. Like if you sin, we're all sinners. Well, the, let, let's be very clear on this because that can be taken. Sin is the thing that will cause you to avoid God. Yeah. Your yeah. sin is in keeping God from you. Because he goes out and looks for him. Yeah, he goes and looks. This is the part I think many people have heard and been told that when you sin, do you think God's going to wink at your sin? Listen, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, and already purchased that sin. It mm-hmm. doesn't even belong to you. Yeah. This is the reality. And, and, and it's really where I think somewhere where the church has gone wrong, because we, we wanted to create a Christian utopia, but then really understand the truth. Uh, God isn't trying to make people behave better. That's a fruit of what happens when his son enters their life. Yeah. God is wanting you to let go of your death. Mm-hmm. He didn't, the greatest problem Jesus came to solve was not your sin problem. Mm-hmm. He came to solve the death problem, yeah. which is inclusive of way more than just sin. Yeah. And, and if we make it about sin, that's true, but it's incomplete. Mm-hmm. It's far <clears throat> greater than that. Um, so, so no matter who it is, literally, you have a choice. You have to literally step over Christ the capstone of Christ, the, literally the example of Christ to go into hell. God is going to judge your sin. He purchased it. It's his. He's going to judge it. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to hang on to your sin and not let it go and the condemnation of it, you will be judged According to your sin, your, as he judges your sin, that judgment will also fall on you. He's not judging you directly. He's judging your sin directly. Yeah. And because you refuse to let go of it because you don't think you're worthy, because the enemy has deceived you again to think mm-hmm. that there's no way God can forgive you, then you will be judged according to your sin. He's not judging you directly according to your sin. His sin, as your sin is judged, it's indirectly judging you. Mm-hmm. That's the that's that's why I think God hates sins, and we and we associate ourselves with our sin. So, oh, God hates me, or I need to hide from God, or like God can't take my sin. Like I, it's I'm just I'm just way too bad for that. And you think that God's like impressed with your sin? That's not the case at all. Uh, you know, God, Jesus died on the cross took the full weight of your sin and the curse of death to give you life. And you got to, what Pastor James always says, you got to hold on your sin, onto your sin all the way into the lake of fire for you to be judged, that Jesus bought that from you. Uh, So the only thing that's keeping you from God is you. God didn't abandon you. He never left you. He was already had a plan 2,000 years before you were even on this earth. It was already paid for you. But it's whether or not, you, you, you accept the gift. Yeah. You know, what's amazing, Alex, to me is people are very open-minded to all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. 
but they're not open-minded to testing God yeah. in this respect. It's true. There is more credible evidence that there is a creator, that that creator is the God of the Bible, mm-hmm. that his son, Jesus Christ, was the direct representation of God. He lived. No one argues that he walked. There is more evidence, historical evidence that God exists. But people are completely opposed to just saying, if God is real and if God is good, wouldn't I give it a chance? Hmm. And then they claim to be wise. Yeah. You all are fools to, to believe in that stuff, really. Mm-hmm. Have you even have you ever opened your, your you've opened your mind to all of this other stuff that men have created that there isn't the historical evidence for? You've opened your mind to all of it to believe that. But have you ever stopped? And said, okay, God, reveal yourself to me. If you're real, if this is real, I want to know you. And, and begin to ask God to reveal. You have not because you ask not. There's something else at work that's preventing people from knowing the truth. And it's a very, I, I believe it's a, a deceptive and a rebellious spirit that operates in us to not even, to not even want to say, God, okay, if this is real... Um, and you're a good God. I don't need to worry. God, I invite you into my life. Why wouldn't they do that? But they won't. And this doesn't exist. But they'll believe stuff that is is so obviously not true with no historical credibility. And that's why we have to be born again, um, because we're not. We don't. We don't belong to Him. Uh, we're sons and daughters of of Satan, and so our thinking needs comes from being born again. That's why Jesus had told Nicodemus that he's like, well, do I crawl into my mother's womb? But no, it's by water. And then by fire that Jesus came to, to bring us in and give us that spirit that cries out, Abba father, it talks about in Romans that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption that we cry out, Abba father, that there is a, you know, a, an adoption that takes place where we can actually refer to God as, as father, but you're going to, you're going to have a very warped perspective uh, of God until you understand his, his character. If you just keep view, you, you like, it's so it's going to be a waste of time us even breaking down. Well, technically this is what the serpent said and you're misconstruing this part of you're always going to have, uh, some type of, you know, conspiracy. Uh, if you think that God is holding out on you because you don't trust his character and that's what it comes down to you. And I think the greatest, you know, revelation of that is understanding what Jesus did on that cross. Because if you understand what Jesus did on that cross, what is the gospel that we deserve death, but he came and brought abundant life. It totally um, transforms your thinking because it's, wow, you know, if God is so bad, why would he even involve himself and give his life uh, to bring me back what I gave up? Uh, that doesn't make sense. And that's why it's good news that it was nothing we did to earn it, but God gave us it. And um, so that's the, we can talk about all this, but until you understand the character of God, that's the start yeah, of it all. And, 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 and you kind of bring us back full circle. I think mm-hmm. that's where everybody listening would have to come in is, come into this place. You know, I've, I've been a pastor for 27 years. And even today, I have to remind myself in situations, God's not holding out on me. Mm-hmm. 
because it can be easy. The enemy is constant in your ear. You're, you're looking at other people, comparing your life to them and saying, why is God doing that in their life and he's not doing it in mine? God, why is God giving them a relationship and he's not giving me a relationship with why is God doing that for their kids and not doing that for my kids why is God, mm-hmm. it's because it, we know that God has the power to do all things yeah. nothing is impossible for God and and yet there's there's like well then what if God has the ability to do all things why isn't he yeah and and we start to we struggle with truly believing that God isn't holding out on me yeah that and that's where your faith comes in that's where you begin to declare no god isn't holding out on me i declare god's promises in my life i just believe that god is giving me everything i need he's providing for me and and not losing sight that there's an eternity out there that Mm -hmm. we will all get to fairly quickly here. We're all going to be, and and in that place, there is perfection, that we're not living for this world. And if you're Mm -hmm. living for this world, then your perspective is all caught up in uh, this place, this Mm -hmm. world. And, And I think that's part of when you become a believer, you have to realize, hey, the world lives for this world. It's passing away. But we live for eternity, and God isn't, He's just not holding eternity from us. He yeah. he wants to release eternity into our life right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe this is your first time, uh, you know, wanting to make that decision. Uh, if you want to email me uh, at pastoralex at bethelsrock.org, uh, I would love to walk you through that process and what that looks like. Like, Alex, how do you have faith in Jesus? What do I do? Uh, to believe in him? What, you know, what does that process look like? Like, I would love to walk you through that with your questions, whatever you have. Like, I would love to walk you through that. Um, So if, again, you want to, I'm going to link it like right here where you're going to see my email pop up. And if you email me, I will reach out to you and you don't have to think, oh, if I'm emailing him, this is my decision to do it. Like that's, let's have a conversation about it. And let me answer any questions that you might have. I, I love I love what I get to do and seeing that light bulb go off because, you know, as people in my life that walked me through that journey is the reason why I'm here and doing what I do. Um, but again, and if you're watching and you maybe have, you know, a question that you want us to cover uh, on a future topic, uh, email me, uh, Pastor Alex. Uh, we want to we wanna take, you know, the opinions of man and look to the truth of God. Uh, you can do this at home. You can open this up and you can, you can expose the lies with the truth. Um, and it's, it's probably in your, in your, uh, your nightstand that you can blow off that dust. And now that you're bringing this to an end, let me do a PS. Mm -hmm. PS. This is extra, extra, extra. Um, this is something that I was noticing last night on, um, ESPN. Mm. Did you see it? Did you happen to catch last night on ESPN? They were interviewing the transgender s- swimmer. Oh, I didn't see that. The the man that had trans, trans uh, whatever you call it, into a woman and had won the swimming national championship, I think it was. And they were in, you didn't see that at mm-hmm. all. And they asked her this, asked him this question. Um, Do you think it's fair? essentially, that you won when you, you know, you're, and he says, oh, of course, because that's what the rules allow. And, mm-hmm. and uh, as I'm watching that, I, this is a perfect example where I think 
it, it's a contradiction or, or for those who are just solid in women protecting the rights of women, mm-hmm. and yet they're not protecting women because they're in a dilemma. Yeah, they want to protect the rights of a. They're, they're in a dilemma. How is having a man? who's born a man, physically is a man, mm-hmm. compete with women who we all know by, I mean, I know people, people want to think that men and women are at the same level, but nothing in athletics shows that the person who's at the top of their game in one area will lose to a woman, a mm-hmm. man, and in another area, I know we had the Arthur Ashe tennis man, but he was greatly diminished and she's at the top of her game and she beat him, right? Mm-hmm. Um but the the reality is women don't have a chance if a man says i'm a i'm a woman and they trans trans to a woman and say i'm transgender and a woman then how does that protect the rights of a woman and the reason you say well why are you bringing it up this is kind of a gotcha topic the reason i'm bringing it up is whenever we start to get away from the values and the truth of god's word it only creates more confusion. Yeah. It only creates more confusion. And rather than to get into arguments about it and debates about it, it will implode on itself mm-hmm. because that's what happens. It the, the lies always implode. Yep. And we're going to start to see that happening. So mm-hmm. interesting Interesting. Little, I was wondering where you were going with that. I was like, oh, you're going to like light them up like yeah. right on the end that's of the an, podcast. That's, that's <laughs> an like, oh, interesting PS. Don't huh? email me on that. <laughs> email him on, on that last part. Uh, well, we love you guys. Uh, know our hearts with this. We're not trying to come off as the know-it-alls with it, but you know, we want to walk you through this journey and we want to equip you uh, to be able to read the word of God for yourself. And then you can uh, do the same for others in your own community and your sphere of influence uh, and influencing them, not with your opinion, but with truth. Uh, We love you guys. Uh, Thank you for joining us on this episode and we will see you uh, next week.